0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Thank you, music people. You nailed it. Seriously, didn't they? Fantastic. They nailed it. Do you have any idea... What an incredible weight and responsibility is on me today. I do. (laughs) I've got to preach to to you guys, to one group sitting out there that knew me when I was probably shaving only twice a week, (laughs) long time and then you come right behind it and, and preaching to this, to Dan Grabenstetter, who thinks I'm a spiritual giant. And uh, so somewhere in between, probably on the lower end of that expectation level, is me. And it's good to see you. You know, I love being around God's people, don't you? Amen. Oh, it just feels so good. It feels so different and wonderful to be here. Um. I know a lot of you, I don't know a lot of you. My name's Jim Spradlin. I've been a friend of Barry's for a long, long time. And ever since I've had caller ID and the phone rings and it's him, there is this huge temptation (laughs) to just make it go away, you know? (laughs) Just not do anything. And well, it has been a couple of years, three years, something like that. I get a call on a Friday night from Barry, and he said, uh, Jim, you're going to get a call in a couple of minutes from a friend of mine who's one of the uh, trustees over at uh, uh, Palmetto Baptist. And uh, this is on Friday night now, I'm getting this call. And through some issues that they've had over there, their pastor over a bazillion years just resigned. And they need somebody to do both services on Sunday morning. Can you do that? And I thought, no, but if God works through me, I might be able to do that. Um, and so Barry is unpredictable. You don't know that. so I, I do want you do want you to know that. that.'s It's a privilege for me to be here to to see familiar faces and, and maybe some friends I have just not met yet. I always feel sorry for the guy in church on Sunday morning who enthusiastically, Comes bounding up the steps onto the platform, and whatever the name of the church is, it could be Podunk Baptist. Good morning, Podunk Baptist. How y'all doing this morning? And 11 people go, eh. You ever notice that? The response just isn't there. What are we supposed to say? I have never answered that. "Eh, eh, eh." I just, I don't even do "Eh, that. So, good job, Dan. You introduced the service and did not ask for that response. And uh, I think it's wiser not to. Mark chapter 3. Barry's been doing a fantastic job on the, uh, on the parables. And I asked him to give me leave of that this morning because I don't want to break that flow that he's got going. And he'll pick back up with it next week. I'm kind of right in the middle of all that in Mark chapter three, because there's parables before it and parables after it, and the same Savior telling them. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll look at Mark chapter three and uh, we'll ask the question, "Who is Jesus?" Now, that question has been answered, asked and answered a lot of times in a lot of different ways, but I'm asking it this morning in the way that this multitude of people that is crowded around Jesus here in this scene in Mark chapter 3, and and there are so many people that are wondering who he is, and even the the religious leaders, those that want to kill him, they don't know who he is either. They just want him out of the way because he's such a a threat to them, and yet we can even look at ourselves and wonder who we are. Um, Every philosophy professor in the world ought to be shot because they're worthless, but uh, not a philosophy professor out there, are there? Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was in a class and um, this philosophy professor was trying to tell us that we didn't exist. Um, just because you think you do, you know, there's that saying, I think, therefore I am. He was trying to shoot that down, that we may not exist just because we think and just because we believe that we, will, we may not exist. And in every class, could be college, could be grad school, could be high school, there's this innocent little dweeb in there that's gonna believe everything <laughs> this nut job professor's saying. And he says, Do I exist? And the professor said, Who's asking? So sometimes we don't even know who we are. We spent Pat and I spent a number of years, sixteen years I think it was at a church not far from here you may know of it. Um, And you could see me in a suit and tie. You could see me like this. You could see me in shorts, T-shirt, and sneakers. I have been in long robes playing every conceivable uh, Bible character in, uh, in, in dramas. I put on a a uh, 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 grass skirt for VBS <laughs> for church parties I was part of the uh, Hick uh, band called um, what was the name of that thing the Do-Right family, an old Ray Stevens thing, so you could look at me at any time and not even know who I was and sometimes I wondered I was playing Nicodemus one time See, I don't have much of a body of a sermon, so I'm just gonna <laughs> do a lot. I'm just gonna do a lot of this. Uh, I was playing Nicodemus one time in, in, on the stage and my daughter-in-law came back, came into the very back of the building and the lights were kind of down because it was theater and all that stuff. A daughter-in-law came in with, my, with our two grandsons and they were little bitty guys at this time. And I was talking on stage. I was dressed dressed in full Nicodemus uh, regalia. And I was talking to somebody uh, in in one of the scenes. And my youngest grandson said, Mom, who is that man up there trying to sound like Pops? (laughs) Me being Pops, of course. And so, you know, we we can be, wow, we can be a lot of people, can't we? So let's talk about who Jesus was at this time and, and who uh, the people wondered who he was. And we're going we're gonna to look at that uh, three or four of those things about who, who, uh, who, who Jesus was. In Mark chapter 3, in the beginning of it, um, Jesus goes on the Sabbath to the synagogue and You know, I don't know that he always did things just to annoy the the religious uh, um, uh, leaders, but there had to be some of it there. I mean, he's got to get a kick out of doing some of this stuff. And he went to the synagogue and it was on the Sabbath. There was a man there who had a deformed hand. So he called the man to come forward. And he was always followed by this group of scribes and Pharisees that wanted to get rid of him. So he knew they were there. Uh, along with a group of people. And so he brings this man up front and says, is it wrong? You can't work on the Sabbath. can't do any work on the Sabbath. So he said, is it wrong to do a good deed, to do something nice? And he was talking about healing the man. Is that work? You know, is that work just to do a, a good deed? Uh, or do you do the right thing by the law and and destroy the human being? Leave the man to wither his, uh, his arm away. And that's when the scribes and Pharisees did what the 11 people do when they're told good morning on Sunday morning. they go, Cause he yeah,' had, had bum fuzzles. They didn't know what. They didn't know what they wanted to do or what they wanted to, what they wanted to say. And then Jesus leaves and he goes out, and um, he's pursued, of course, by people who want to be healed. And uh, they just want, they want to touch him. They want to be touched by him. They want to be around him. You don't blame them, do you? <laughs> I'd want that too. And so he got out into a, uh, got where he could kind of look out over the group and um, maybe on a little raised, raised area. We'll begin looking here in verse 13. And we're going to look twice at at these verses. So just by way of kind of introducing the Scripture. Look at uh, verse 13 of chapter 3 of Mark. Before we do, uh, let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name this morning. And we seek to know You. We seek to uh, hear from You. We seek to serve You. We seek to know You better. Father, we come praising you and thanking you as we've done during this worship time. And it has been amazing. And we thank you for it. But Father, we come as needy people. And we just pray that you would touch us this morning at that place where we need you the most. We would see Jesus and him only. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And here we go. Verse 13. Now there's a there's a there's a a gaggle of people there that you wouldn't believe, just and I don't know how to describe the uh, the, the the crowd that much. But, um, we we were thinking about spending a few days uh, in, in the near future down on the uh, Alabama coast near Orange Beach, and we never been there before. So I was looking at things on the internet, and there's a place there called Florabama. I don't know if you've been there, know what it is, or anything. And I punched another button on the internet and I got this thing of a a Kenny Chesney uh, concert that he did at, and and maybe there's a Floribama restaurant bar thing, I don't know, or a venue, maybe you call it that. I've never seen seen so many people in one place in my entire life. I mean, they were on the stage, they were on the sand, uh, they were in cars, they were in the water, they were on boats, and they could hardly move, but they were glued. To Kenny Chesney and what he was, what he was doing, what he was singing, and I just thought about that as I was preparing for this. That's the way it was. There were people everywhere. The Bible tells us that that the disciples, Jesus and the disciples, couldn't even eat. There was no time. There was nothing they could do. There was nothing available for them. Couldn't even eat. It was so crazy, crazy good, but crazy. And so we pick up. Um, in verse 13, verse 13 we got, you got to print it, don't you? Good. I might mispronounce something. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 he chose. Simon, who he named Peter, James, and John, sons of Zebedee. But Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealous. Judas gets his own verse. Special, in him. And Judas, who later betrayed him. Now, let's, let's just go back a minute and take a look at it. I spent a number of years in work that caused me to make hiring decisions. Lots of them. I made a lot of good ones. I made a lot of bad ones. Uh, I had what they called, and we were a company of like 3,000 people, and I was head of HR, and so I, I didn't make individually all these hiring decisions, but I did a lot of recommending and, and Final decision in making in a lot of causes. And so they kidded me. I had a hall of shame and a hall of fame. Because <laughs> the ones that I blew, I really blew. I just make small mistakes with these people. I really blew it. And so putting it in an HR uh, theme, someone wrote this that, um, well, let's look at Peter first. He's like like the first resume they pick up. Peter, emotionally unstable, uh, given the fits of temper. <laughs> Possibly violent. Andrew has absolutely no leadership ability. Uh, The two brothers, James and John, place personal interests and position above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates questioning attitude and could damage the morale of the whole group. Matthew, his business practices, has been uh, blacklisted uh, all over Judea by the Better Business Bureau. Uh, James and Thaddeus have definite uh, radical uh, leanings. Simon is a zealot, and who wants that? Uh, But one candidate here shows great potential, has ability, and uh, has connections, knows people in, in in some high places, has a mind for business and finance. Could be the controller of this, uh, uh, controller being the financial accounting word, not the other one. Um, Reveals that Judas Iscariot is probably your leading candidate. That could be a hiring decision I made. Yeah, I could, I could, I could make a blunder uh, like that. Now, looking at our, our study, see Jesus, going to see Jesus in three lights in three scenes with different groups of people. Notice first, that to his followers, he was Lord. We just read uh, verses 13 through 19. And I think it's significant to point out again that Jesus drew these incredibly large uh, crowds of people, but yet he called 12 guys. He called 12. And other words Jesus started his church with a small group and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever Uh, many Sunday school classes today might have 12 people if they're fortunate some not that many Um, some churches begin in homes have their beginnings and homes and grow to, to, to great stature that start with, I don't know, 10, 12 people. So that small number is really good. And I want to tell you this. I love corporate worship. I've enjoyed being here today. I like to hear the music and participate and be around God's people. And it's wonderful to be in in corporate worship. And you can hear the Word of God taught when Barry's here. And... Uh, and, and be taught and, and, and grow spiritually. And yet, there's something missing from the personal touch and, and, and communication and community that you get from being in a, you know, we used to call them Sunday school classes, and now we call them small groups. I don't care what you call them. But if you're not in one, I know there are some available here, Get in one. Be in a small group of people. Meeting uh, outside. Not necessarily outside the building. You can be be in the building. Meeting outside of the 10 o'clock hour on Sunday morning. And you will grow. It will change. It will change your life to be part of a small group. Now, Jesus called. Said in verse 13. He called. And when Jesus calls... It's not something like, "Hey, hey, I want you all to think about this." And uh, you know if you have time, you want to consider it, Maybe no. When it, Jesus calls, it is a divine call. It is a definite call, and is one that's going to be answered. Jesus called in verse 13. Um, I remember as a kid, I grew up in a wonderful neighborhood and in a wonder, at a wonderful time. In my grandparents' home, and there were t- just a gaggle of us kids playing all the time. And we may be three or four houses away or something like that, but we were in somebody's backyard or up a tree or something like that, just kids having a wonderful time and making noise like crazy. And yet, something would come along once in a while and pierce that, that noise, and then everything would be stilled because it would be a whistle or it would be a voice, it was a parent. It was a mother, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather. And it was a distinct sound to that, to that voice or that whistle. And my friend Woody, his mother had the most annoying, annoying, shrill voice uh, I ever heard. And I wanted, Woody, I wanted to say Woody, answer right now. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to do that again. But as little kids in the 50s like that, when that voice came over to me, I heard it and i didn't take it under advisement that in the next few minutes if i had time to stop doing what i was doing and go home and see what my grandmother wanted no i put down what i was doing right then and i answered that call because i knew it was important or she wouldn't call and these guys were called and the bible tells us that they they answered they Went and without any hesitation, without any, without any question, the Bible tells us he appointed twelve of them, and they came to him, and he appointed them to be his disciples, his his apostles, and the verse fourteen said that they might how did they put it that they would accompany him. Now, there's another another translation that will say that they would be with Him. Now that's in a context in the sense of the fact that these now were His. They were His apprentices. They were His apostles. And in those times, if an, an apprentice was fortunate enough and he was going to learn copper making or, or, or another skill in wood or pottery, if he was fortunate enough, he wouldn't actually lived in the house of the Master. And wherever that master went, he went. Whatever they, the master did, he did. And it's that, it's that concept. Jesus called, they answered that they might be with him. And that's the way it was throughout that, the rest of Jesus' earthly ministry. When they called, when he called, they went. There's something in there for us. When he called, did you answer? And have you been with him? That's, a, that's, that's the question for us today. When he called, did we go? And have we been with him? To the point that when he sent them out to preach, do you think he said, okay, you guys, go on out and preach. I'm, I'm going to tell you, they had some intense training intense time together being at his feet being in the circle of where he was that they might be with him now I don't want you to miss this hanging out with him being with him change them forever same with us okay same with us we can be Christians. We can be born again. Whatever that term is, come to Christ in faith and all that. But you gotta when we when we just say I'm that and we don't hang out with Him, we're saying some things. We're saying uh, He's I have not answered, cared to answer the call of serving Him. So think about that. That when He calls you, He wants you to hang out with Him. Okay, let's move along. And we see that to his apostles, he was Lord. To his family, he was a little bit crazy. Maybe more than a little bit. Verse 21, when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Now look, when you put something that drastic in the Bible calling the Lord (laughs) of the universe out of His mind. Guess who's out of their mind? Not Him. But they said He's out of His mind. And here they are pressed by such a crowd of people. The, the family can't even really get to him. They have to send word in to where he is to tell him that he needs to go home. And, um, you know, he, he's the oldest son, okay? And um, there, there's, a, there's a family business. And there are things at home that they're trying to talk to him about that as well as let's just not be, you know, crazy stuff his business to be handled at home, but instead, he had chosen to be this radical, wandering preacher. No job, no money, no wife, no family. Constantly stirring up trouble with the religious leaders. Don't you think his family wanted him away from that? They did, because they were thinking, his good too, but they were thinking they're good as well, because if they think he's nut, he's nuts, they're going to think we're nuts too, and we do kind of think he's nuts um, family didn't grasp who he was why they weren't hanging out with him if they'd been hanging out with him, there'd be no question they'd been sitting right there with him right there, right there beside him, but they they had stayed in, in another part another region of judea and they had not been with him listen he's still radical i was called down one time months after preaching something by somebody in another church said did you say that jesus is radical i said i did he said did you say that jesus uh, that jesus radical is in the bible i said no the word is not used but he is described as that And uh, so I I stand behind using the word. Uh, David Platt wrote a book. The title of it was Radical. And I kind of respect David Platt and all that he has done in leadership uh, in the Baptist church. So anyway, if they thought the apostles were nuts, some are going to think you are too. If you hang with him long enough, think about your past, and you've been hanging with Jesus all this time. There've been some people who've written you off as crazy and radical, and is—I <laughs> know a lot of you, and you are okay. Just, but I'm with you, okay? I'm right in there with you. I like being that. And to the religious, let's look at our third principle here. To the religious leaders he was the enemy in verse 22 the teachers of religious law who had arrived from jerusalem said he's possessed by satan the prince of demons that's where he gets the power to cast out demons now in other translation and i love this the scribes called him um, possessed by satan the prince of demons now, other translation will refer to the devil as Beelzebub. I love that word. Now, there are some of you here today who need to change a a password. You know, you've been thinking for quite a while. I need to change this. Do that today. Challenge you. Go out and make that your password. Uh, and there are some sites that will even allow you to, not all of them, use emojis. And if you want, because Beelzebub Uh, Means Lord of the Dung Flies, and I'll help you with that if you if you need help with the emoji to go with it. Uh, (laughs) Religious leaders were coming, and I know I know what time it is. I'm sorry, no, I'm not. Um, We'll get through this. Coming at Jesus two ways. They accused Jesus, first of all, of being demon-possessed. That means, you know, controlled you know, the, by demons, being a victim of demons. And then they also called him to be in cahoots with the devil and, and the demons. And then Jesus says to him, How in verse 23, how can Satan cast out Satan? And then, of course, they looked at him again and went, <laughs> they, they, were, they knew a whole lot up to a point. And then they just couldn't do anything. I, said, yeah. I love those things. I love it when he gets there. All right. 2,000 years has been people still asking that question. I love the writings of C.S. Lewis. And he put it this way. Jesus. Lord. Liar. Lunatic. Uh, read all of his books. It's one of, in one of them. Mere Christianity, probably. But anyway, um, three stories here. One of friends, family, and the, and the enemy. Brings us all down to one of two places. Insiders or outsiders. And I encourage you today not to be an outsider. And our fourth principle is this I I don't want Jesus to have to look very far to find me. I hope he can speak softly and I'll be there. Uh, I want to be there. Now, Jesus intends through Mark's writing to reach us, of course, visualize the scene and ask this question Am I inside or am I outside? I know where I want to be, and, and listen. If you want to be in a circle, sitting around Jesus, like we could I can picture in my mind, and I hope you can too, there is a place for you there. And I can be talking to the saved or the unsaved this morning. There's a place for you there. Is it time to get in it? Now, I don't want you to have to lean forward or anything, but listen. Like like you're leaning forward to something exclusively for this group. They're the only ones I'm saying it to. It might seem like this is an exclusive group only for special people. And if you think that, you're right. And you know what makes you special? You have to do something. Are you listening? You have to ask him. What else? Ask him. He'll take it from there. If you'll just ask him. Jesus, I want to be there. I want to be in that group. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do to get there. I want to get there. Now we're going to pray in just a second. And the group can come back up for Last praise time. But do make that, your, make that your priority right now. You may forget it when you go out the door. I don't know. I hope not. Think about that. If you're not there, ask him. That's all it takes. He'll tell you how to get there. Father, it's so wonderful to uh, be here at uh, Real Church this morning and to uh, follow you Preach your word. And, uh, and always, always inviting people to Jesus. We just pray that you'd uh, speak to us now. And that whatever you call upon us to do, that all we have to do is be obedient. And say, uh, as he called the apostles, let us be like them. And say, yes, Lord, I'm here. And I am ready to be part of that group. I want to hang out with you. I want to be with you. I want, to, I want to learn from you. I want to be your apprentice. This calls us to be obedient in whatever you tell us to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.